Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Coding's Decoded. This podcast will discuss the age-old question, which is a better option, a zinc-rich primer or hot dip galvanizing? I am Jennifer Gleesberg, Senior Manager of Performance Coatings with Tinemic Company. Today, I'm joined by Tony Hobbs. Without further introduction, let's dive right in. Tony is an authority on tenemic protective coatings containing low volatile organic compounds, which are suitable for use in seven southern counties in and around the Los Angeles metropolitan area. Tony's professional integrity and emphasis on providing customers with the best coatings technology and technical expertise available sets a standard for his entire staff. Prior to joining Tenemic in 1990, Tony worked as a design engineer in the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning industry in England and the United States, where he gained a special appreciation and understanding of architects and engineers. Tony is an AMP Senior Certified Coding Inspector, as well as a member of the Construction Specification Institute. Thanks for joining us, Tony. You're welcome. Nice to speak with you. <laughs> so, when working on a project, a typical question that is discussed is what type of substrate and coating system is required? If you plan to coat steel, can you explain why a zinc primer is a better option than choosing hot dip galvanizing? Sure. Uh, first of all, hot dip galvanizing is a great way to go. So we must understand that, that there may be needs for that. But generally, when you're talking about architecturally exposed structural steel, AESS, uh, there's lots of worlds. So the first thing is there's plenty of worlds that are going to take place. The worlds are the weakest link. So and they're generally touched up with a zinc primer. So if the zinc primer is used to touch up the worlds and they're easier to cope, it kind of makes sense that you would want a zinc primer everywhere in lieu of hot dip galvanizing that is difficult to paint in the field due to the extensive surface preparation required. Okay, yeah. What, what Can you explain some of those issues with that sur surface preparation and, and why those are key concerns with painting yeah, galvanizing? So sure, actually, it's good. These are all good questions. So, First thing I would uh, like everybody to understand, when you're dealing with galvanizing, you need to familiarize yourself with the American Galvanizers Association duplex system handout. The handout is called Painting Over Hot Dip Galvanized Steel. And it emphasizes what the duplex system is, which is a combination of galvanizing and paint. Now, when you read through that duplex systems, there are all these checks and balances that you're supposed to do. Age of galvanizing, is it new, is it weathered? Uh, it, it's very, very thorough. And unfortunately, these checks and balances and what you're supposed to do and the required surface preparation will be overlooked. And so, but when the galvanizing is prepared correctly, paint adhesion is excellent. However, it is never pre prepared correctly in the field. And therein lies the big disconnect between paint and over hot dip galvanizing. Okay, good. good. So the point of views um, that you're explaining today, Tony, those are not just Tanemic's point of views, but those are the point of views of also the American Galvanizers Association, correct? 
Exactly. So we're following along what the American Galvanizers Association uh, duplex system guidelines suggests for successfully painting over galvanized steel. And if you familiarize yourself with that uh, guideline, you will see that there are so many checks and balances uh, on type of galvanizing, age of galvanizing, weather galvanizing, non-galvanized, uh, non-weather galvanizing, and the different types of surface preparation that, that is required. You can see why galvanized failures are prominent throughout the country. Whereas with a zinc primer, the surface preparation doesn't become an issue and it's easier to paint over. So you're still getting galvanic protection, obviously to a lesser degree with a zinc primer, but you're, you're eliminating all the problems associated with painting over galvanizing. Perfect. Um, so, so as you say, it, it's best to use a zinc rich primer instead in lieu of galvanizing, but what if the steel is already galvanized? What is it still okay to use a high performance coating system for the project? And what things need to be considered if a duplex system will be used? Well, that's exactly. So you can paint over galvanizing, and that's what the duplex system says. It doesn't say you can't paint over galvanizing. It's actually promoting painting over galvanizing. However, it's the checks and balances that get overlooked, as I said before. And in fact, I'm going to read from a paragraph here. Surface preparation is extremely important because of the degree of paint adhesion may not be apparent immediately after application. Only after a few months in the field may poor surface preparation manifest itself in paint failure. There is the word paint failure. Having a clean, properly prepared surface helps ensure that the full potential of the paint system is realized. This is especially true about a duplex system. So that's straight from the duplex system from the American galvanizers. What are they saying? Surface preparation is critical. And there's been many, many articles written on uh, failure of uh, paint over galvanizing, and it all boils back to um, surface preparation. Uh, and, and, it's, and the surface preparation is gonna depend on many, many things. Is the galvanizing passivated or non-passivated? Passivation has a film on there that must be removed. Non-passivated galvanizing, it's a little bit easier to do surface preparation. But if you read through uh, the American Galvanizers Association, at the end of the day, when you're doing your checks and balances, it's going to kind of say, if in doubt, maybe abrasive blast uh, to provide an anchor profile for paint and or to remove uh, the passivation film. So how practical is that to get a sandblast nozzle out on a job site for surface preparation? Then all of a sudden you're going to get, well, the required surface preparation is neither practical or feasible. So now you're going to have a compromised surface preparation, which is going to lead to the premature failure of the paint adhering to the galvanizing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read <clears throat> Uh, this is the conclusion from the American galvanizers that ties into everything I just said. You know, let your galvanizer know the steel to be painted. This will facilitate proper surface preparation. 
as making sure the steel is not quenched after galvanizing and any coding imperfections are remedied. So you really got to let them know the galvanizer know that the steel is going to be painted. Now, here's the important one. Then you've got to take time to correctly determine the age and characteristics of the galvanized coating. Duplex systems require proper surface preparation and newly galvanized, partially weathered and fully weathered galvanized steel each require different methods and amount of surface preparation. Let me reiterate that again. So new galvanized, partially weathered, fully weathered, each require different methods and amounts of surface preparation. So is a painter going to do that on site? Is he going to determine all these checks and balances and criteria that needs to be done? And then if, if in doubt is what I said earlier, and it requires an abrasive blast, then we're back to uh, it's not practical or feasible on site to be done. So the surface preparation is compromised, leading to premature uh, uh, failure. So, so what you're saying there, Tony, as well, is that if 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 the galvanizing does need to be painted, and you've asked all those questions, is it d depending? Is it proper to do a test patch in order to determine oh, yeah, how yeah, that coating would, system is I, is I going to? I would absolutely do a test patch, uh, uh, especially if you're doing a compromise. And sometimes there may be other methods. You might be, uh, you know, you might be doing a chemical etch. Uh, and what I have found with a chemical etch is I'm being told, well, we can't abrasive blast. The only way we can prepare the galvanizing that's non-passivated is by chemical etch. Well, a chemical etch requires putting the uh, the chemical on the substrate and letting it dwell for 10 to 15 minutes. And then you hopefully have etched the surface. Well, that might work OK on a horizontal surface, but what about a vertical surface where the etching chemical is going to run down? Now, I have had success personally with saying I want a double chemical etch. Chemical etch, dwell, rinse clean, chemical etch, dwell, rinse clean but then you want to do a uh, on-site test mock-up to determine that the surface preparation is adequate for the paint system <clears throat> and in fact some of our competitors actually list this uh, on their data sheets on the hidden they say that they have or some some manufacturers will say uh, that we have a primer for galvanizing and they don't go into any more details. But when you uh, when you read their literature further back, I'm going to read one from uh, one of our competitors. Um, allow galvanized steel to weather a minimum of six months prior to coating. So they want it weathered. Solvent clean. When weathering is not possible or the surface has been treated with chromates for solvent clean, and apply a test patch. Everything you just said, Jennifer, a test mm -hmm. patch. Allow paint to dry at least one week before adhesion. If adhesion is poor, brush blast per SSPC SP7. Now we're going back to the original surface preparation didn't work. It's failing. And now we're going back to an SSPC SP7 brush off blast cleaning, which then is going to turn around that the general contractor is going to say, is not practical or feasible. 
So now we're going in a full circle. Of we have to compromise the surface preparation on those jobs that are not practical or feasible when we've gone through all the steps of checking what type of galvanizing, whether it's aged, weathered, or partially weathered. No, those are all all very good points um, as to why choosing a zinc, you know, <clears throat> might be the best route to go, a zinc-rich coating. Let, um, let me add you something else here too. Most large steel members, my, most large steel projects, most infrastructure, bridges, things like that, if you notice, they're not galvanized. They're all a zinc-rich primer. Now, is it because zinc-rich primer is better? Not necessarily. It's on a large steel member, I don't know across the country if there are any zinc baths that are lar large enough to immerse the steel into the molten zinc. So, so that would maybe be an instance where you're where you're saying that a zinc rich primer would be the the better option over choosing hot dip galvanizing for the project. And, and it is chosen because there's no zinc bath mm -hmm. that is uh, big enough for the large steel member. Now, let me add this now. Zinc is used on handrails, tube steel, tube steel. I would still go with uh, galvanizing because, you know, if you've got tube steel uh, and you've got uh, holes drilled through it for cables or things like that, you know, galvanizing is going to protect the inside and the outside, whereas a zinc primer is going to only uh, protect the outside surface of tubular steel. So th there are there are needs for galvanizing. Mm hmm. Just yeah. Just keep that in mind when yeah you're you're determining um, what type of project you're working on and and what the better option might be in that specific instance. Um, uh, galvanizing is going to give you the bent the best protection. That's and then the next step down is zinc. Both offer galvanic protection. Uh, but when you are adding the additional paint, which is adding barrier protection. To, galvanize, uh, to the zinc protection, i.e. via galvanizing and or by zinc primer, you're adding top coats over it. If we know that there's a bunch of welds that need to be touched up, which is done by zinc primer, if we know it's going to be painted and we know that surface preparation is critical, eliminate that Achilles heel with the galvanizing and surface preparation and go with a zinc primer that has an unlimited recoat window, and all we require is the surfaces be clean and dry. There is no additional surface preparation required. So you have now eliminated potential field problems uh, due to lack of uh, surface preparation because zinc primers don't require much surface preparation. Good deal. Thank you. So, Tony, when working on a specification for coating galvanized steel or steel in general, can you explain uh, why it's important that you coordinate Division 5 with uh, the structural steel with Division 9 section? Oh, yeah, that's a great question, Jennifer. You never want to put high-performance coating sections just in 099600, high-performance coatings. You don't want to put the complete system in there, which will be, say, like zinc epoxy urethane or zinc epoxy fluoropolymer. The reason being is in Division 5, if you don't put the steel primer in there and just say in Division 5, which is the section the steel fabricator has, shop prime, refer to 099600. 
all he's going to read is shop prime and i guarantee that there's been so many high profile jobs that the fabricator doesn't refer to 099600 he reads shop prime and he put a cheap primer on there and then it doesn't matter how good the high performance paint system is the finished coats don't give you the corrosion protection it's the primer that gives you the corrosion protection the finished coats only give you the barrier protection so we want the steel fabricator to read his job for architecturally exposed structural steel aess he is responsible for the correct surface preparation sspc sp6 commercial blast clean and then our zinc primer either 9097 or 94h2o at two and a half to three and a half mils that way there is no ambiguity the steel fabricator knows what he needs to do as a shop primer and he doesn't have to refer to a different section and add say well i didn't have that section or i didn't know i was supposed to read that section and doing that will also help with the coordination of the the high performance coatings division 9 99600 and the intermediate and top coat that's going along that's with right that, so that in 99600 instead of saying prime you would put spot prime for welds and damage shop uh, primer so that's an excellent point the painter will always bid for the finish coats he he will always bid that he will never bid for the prime coat except for the spot prime but if it comes out with the wrong primer then everything's compromised uh, nobody's going to give any warranties and again the most overlooked part of a high performance coating system is the primer that's what gives you the corrosion protection all the other coats give you barrier protection very well said very well said so when you're presenting to an architect you need to bring up mr architect if the infrastructure throughout the country in the most severe geographical locations are protected by zinc primers because the steel members are too big um the tanks uh you can't dip a plate of a steel tank in a galvanized zinc bath then mr architect if the engineering community uses zinc primers because the infrastructure cannot fail then mr architect for your project you can rest assured that this has historical use in much more severe environments and locations than uh, AESS. Very, uh, very well said. Um, with other, sorry, Jennifer. No, when I do a presentation to an architect, I don't only just take in projects uh, of high profile architectural jobs. I take in projects of high profile and essential industrial jobs water tanks wastewater bridges and because that shows you the size of uh, uh the steel members i mean there's no way you can hot dip galvanize it uh, so, uh some of the steel members have fan surfaces uh, uh bolted connections and how we can paint right through the bolted connection on the fan surfaces because 9097 meets slip coefficient so there's so much to talk about in the architectural community based on the industrial side of our business 
that reassures them that this is the way to go. If if you're um, if you're talking galvanized steel, are there conditions for inspection, and what is the purpose of these? Um, can they can this galvanized steel be rejected based on the these conditions? Well, actually, uh, there's another handout called uh, TPC nine uh, publication number nine, the user's guide to hot dip galvanizing, and it has grounds for rejection. And here's a, all architects have had this. If the member is pretty big, uh, they will double dip. In other words, they will dip one end of the steel member in the zinc bath, take it out and dip the other end in the zinc bath. Well, that molten zinc is going to run in all the flanges and webs and it's going to get rough and it's unsightly. That is not a grounds for rejection in accordance with the hot dip galvanizers uh, uh, user guide. Now, you can request that it be uh, aesthetically pleasing, but there's no guarantee. So many architects have called me and said, oh, my God, this galvanizing is terrible, but it's not grounds for rejection. There are other methods for rejection that can be done, but roughness is not grounds for rejection. And then the architect says, OK, I need you to help smooth this out because it's an aesthetic piece of steel. Well, there's no way we can smooth out uh, rough galvanizing and paint's only going to take on the contour of the galvanizing. So there's another reason on, a, on the larger jobs where they may be able to use galvanizing, but the member's a little bit too big and they have to double dip. And that can cause problems if you're needing to do a, if they're needing a, a high performance coating system to go over that hot dip galvanizing too. Well, that goes back to the surface preparation, mm -hmm. the checks yep. and balances. We're talking about aesthetics now where the, the galvanizing is too rough. Paint, paint is not going to hide those surfaces, the irregularities. Paint's going to replicate the irregularities. So unless he wants to grind everything down and grind it smooth and um, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a basically you have to live with it. He doesn't want to hear that. But there's nothing paint can do to hide an irregular surface, especially on steel. So, Tony, are there references available that discuss the complexities and potential failures when coating improperly prepared galvanized steel? Oh, yeah, there's many uh, publications and we have them that uh, uh, on file that I, I know Tanemic has on file. We also have a cheat sheet on the, the American Galvanizers Association duplex system uh, that we've extracted from that guide that all the questions you're supposed to ask to successfully paint galvanizing. So yes, there's many, many publications about failures on galvanizing that all goes back to surface preparation. And then we have a little uh, handout that we send to architects on the problems painting galvanizing. Now remember, I'm not saying don't use galvanizing, but if it's for structural steel, don't use it there. For tube steel, as I said, forget the uh, protection inside and out. Uh, then maybe that would be a consideration uh, for handrails uh, where they're not, maybe they're considering painting, not painting. 
Uh, I would use galvanizing where they're not considering paint. You've got to remember down every freeway, every lighting, every fence, uh, they're, they're all galvanized and they're left as a standalone coating. So if you don't mind the look of galvanizing as a standalone coating, go ahead and use it. It's a phenomenal system. But if you're looking to paint, then you may have to go through all these checks and balances we just spoke about uh, and verify that we can get adhesion. No, that that's perfect. Um, I am. Thank you very much for joining us today. And um, I think you've gave the listeners something to think about when they're they're working on projects where they might be considering um, either zinc or, or hot dip galvanizing. So we appreciate you. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. If you would like to view the publications discussed in today's podcast or to learn more about Tanemic Zinc Rich Primers, please visit Tanemic.com. To contact Tony or your local Tanemic representative, once again, visit Tanemic.com. I hope you can join us for the future episodes of Coding's Decoded. <laughs>